What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Happy New Year's. Today is January 1st, start of 2021. Listen, the bar's really low for a better year than 2020, so let's hope this one is a lot better. But even a little bit, we will take it today. Sean and I finally got around to doing our NBA preview. We know it's a little late, but as Sean said during the pod, get over it. That's too bad. We did it when we could. Talked NFL, talked MLB, talked a little bit of college football as well. We should be back next week with an NFL playoff preview. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. Follow us on Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. Check out the website, SorrySports.com. If you have anything to say, shoot us an email. Maybe I'll check it. Sorry, sports at yahoo.com. Enjoy the pod. What's up, everybody, and happy new year. Uh, it's a new year of Sorry to Interrupt. We're back at it, man. Uh, how you doing? How's everything holding up up there? Doing all right, man. How's everything down in Texas? All is good, bro. All is good. I would say it's chilly, but I know you don't want to hear that, so uh, I'm going to keep my mouth shut on that. Did you give me a cowboy hat yet or no? No. no. All right, well, you have, you have until 2022 to do that. I want to let you know um, that ever since I dropped that y'all on the pod, I have been super mindful of not saying it because a lot of people down here obviously say that. So I'm trying to not get there yet, but it will come. Oh, no, yeah, that's, but I mean, I mean, if you were saying y'all and you've been in Texas for five years, it'd be understandable. You were in Texas for less than a week and you're driving. I think it was less than a week. I (laughs) I know, but it was funny because you are a product of it. And uh, my buddy's girlfriend, she's been here for a while. She went to university of Houston and and she's been in Austin for a bit. And she says it all the time. So you, you hang around with people and you hear it and you're just going to pick up on it. That's why I call everybody. I got to keep some. That's why I call everybody a motherfucker, you know? Yeah, new product of your environment. I'm in the city a lot, and you know, motherfucking piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll see. I'm gonna try to keep it, try to keep it off of here for for a little bit longer, but we'll see. Uh, anyway, that. man, how? Was your, yeah, no worries. How was your New Year's Eve? Uh, and how was your holidays? Uh, holidays were good, quiet. Um, how was yours? All good, man. Quiet here too. How's uh, the new boyfriend? Alex is his name. <laughs> Alex is his name. Yeah, he's fine. Um, locked and loaded on a new apartment, moving in on the 9th, so a week from tomorrow, so that's cool. Good to hear. Um, yeah. Good to hear you won't be homeless. I won't be homeless, so that's a good thing. It, they rolled it back into phase five here now with COVID, so like restrictions are really uh, they're really high, so nobody's really doing much. Yeah, same here, obviously. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've been in phase five since day one, but I don't think we've come out of it for too long here and there. But, yeah, there's not much to do up here, not much to do down there. Hopefully, if everybody just listens to the rules, then at some point. Well, it'll be nice in a few weeks when we have a uh, competent president um, voicing the yeah, It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Scientists. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's quite uh, rules, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. Uh, we didn't do our NBA preview. 
um, because of our crazy schedules. But now is a good time to do it. I know we're almost two weeks in, but everybody needs to get over it. And That's we were fine. ready it gives to do us a this chance. Thing. It changes. It changed a lot of my opinions. I'll tell you that. It, me too, man. I'm interested to see where we align and uh, which of our opinions changed uh, since the season tipped off. So, anyway, let's start with the Eastern Conference. And, uh, Tom, why don't you go your one through eight, and then we can talk about each team. All right, a little caveat here. Oops, my microphone fell over. Um, I just want everybody to be on the same page here as we go through. Teams one through ten, there is a play-in game. I don't know if you remember mm. that, Sean. Um, I don't. Seeds, seeds 7, 8, 9, and 10. Uh, I don't know how it's going to work, but I know that 1 through 6 are locked into a playoff series, and 7, 8, 9, and 10 are doing some type of a play-in game tournament. Uh, people remember last year from the NBA bubble, the Portland Trailblazers and the Memphis Grizzlies had themselves a play-in game. So it'll be similar to that. Uh, this one will be planned as opposed to just the records being so damn near similar that they ended up playing in. Um, Sean, if you don't mind, I'm going to go 15. I'm going to give you the worst so we don't have to talk about them anymore. And then we'll jump into our playoff teams after that. You want to do that? Works for me, my friend. Works for me. All right, buddy. We started with the Eastern Conference. I feel like we always do. Um, Number 15, I had the Detroit Pistons. I don't know what the hell is going on with this team. Jerry and Grant um, passed up a finals opportunity, possibly, with the Denver Nuggets for big-time money and big-time playing time, as well as him having the ball a lot for the Pistons, and I don't see how that's going to work. I think a Blake trade might be in order here. Don't really know what they can pull off, but I think they're going to be the worst team in the NBA. Um, How do you feel about that? I'm right there with you, and they're probably the least watchable team in the NBA, too. I know there's some bad teams, but what is exciting about them, obviously, other than hopefully Blake plays well enough to where you can get some value for him, I think a trade in season is, I won't say inevitable, but I think it's likely. Yeah, um, that's and good, Grant, good for him. To get, yeah, good for Jerry and Grant getting his bag. You know, I'm never going to criticize players for that, but no. um, if you're a focal point of, a, of an offense and of a team, that's not good, and it's just Detroit. That's really all you need to say. Yes. All right. So my number 14 through 11 are the Knicks at 14, the Cavs at 13, the Hornets at 12, probably the most vanilla team in the NBA with a little bit of spice. Maybe we'll call it a vanilla spice just because they have Lonzo or um, what's his name? What's the younger one's name? Lamella. Lamella, I'm sorry. And then the Bulls are coming in at 11, the last team that missed the playoffs for me. Okay, I got the Bulls at 14. I don't think they're very good. Uh, Laurie Markkinen and Levine, I don't know what they're going to do with those guys. Other than that, I don't think that team's very good. Hmm. Um, I got the Knicks next. Um, Wendell Carter like has looked good. Bit. He looks like he's come yeah, out of a coma. I, I just don't trust that team. I know they're off to a nice start, but uh, I, I don't really like much of that team. Um, and I got the Knicks at 13. We'll talk about them later since they're your team, but uh, I do like them yeah. a little bit, but they're you know, again, towards the bottom. Uh, Hornets, for me, look to be in that 12 range. Uh, again, that vanilla spice, I kind of like that. <laughs> um, and I got Cleveland next at, uh, next coming in. I, again, I mean, I think Kevin Love, that injury hurts for a couple reasons. One, Shocker. he's obviously a very Kevin good Love player. Injury, huh? I know, right? It's like you say that every time. But also, he was a pretty decent trade candidate for some teams, so uh, that might hurt his value a little bit. Yeah. And the Cavs. I have to say with the Cavs, Garland's looked better. Sexton's looked like 
a most improved player candidate. Don't think he's going to win it. And Drummond, I mean, the guy is extremely overpaid, but he can really put up some numbers. He really can. I mean, he always could in Detroit um, and obviously took that player option, obviously, with uh, with Who Cleveland wouldn't? and – yeah, exactly. Who wouldn't? He's played He's played great, but that team doesn't do really anything for me. All right, so let's jump into our playoff. This year, again, I said it's 10 through 1 that make the playoffs play in game for seeds 7 through 10. At number 10, I have the Wizards. Uh, the, this team would have been a lot higher for me had we done this two weeks ago. I think Russell Westbrook is a pencil him in to go 500 kind of guy, especially with Bradley Bill, who I think is even better than Russell Westbrook. But what is this team off to an 0-5 start? They're really bad. Yeah. And the only reason why I have them making the playoffs is because 11 through 15 is so bad. Yeah, this was a tough one for me because I really don't love my 9 and 10 teams that much at all. Mm-hmm. But – I with a gun in my head kind of had to just put them ahead of some of the teams like New York and Cleveland and whatnot. But yeah. here I have Orlando Magic. Okay. I know they're off to a good start and Markel Fultz has you know that's my got himself an extension and he's played really, really well. Um, but yes. I still don't think as the season goes on that that team is, is going to be anything more than fighting for a last playoff seed. I'm not too far off from you. I have the Magic at nine. You know I picked the Magic to make the playoffs as the eighth seed every year. I feel like I've done that three years running, and hey, I've been right like three years running. Jonathan Isaac, um, I know he got signed to a big extension. Uh, If he could just stay healthy, I think he'd be a great player for this team, and he might be able to vault He's out for the year, right? Um, He might come back at the end of the year. I believe last year, what was it? It was either an ACL or an Achilles injury. I don't know when he's coming back. Um, But, again, Fultz seems to have taken a leap forward. Aaron Gordon, we don't know what he is. And Vucevic is a walking double-double, making his first All-Star team last year. Yeah, they have pieces, Evan Fournier. Yep, and that's fair. Evan Fournier uh, can fill it up, too, at times. Um, For me, I'm going the Wizards here for for nine for all the reasons that you said it. Yeah. I don't have to go too far, and I just think Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal are better as a combo than any players that the that the Magic have. So I'll, I'll give them maybe a game or two edge in the in the standings. Yeah, I, I think even more when we get to our West Coast, these teams, even the bottom teams, aside from like the basement, are going to be separated by like a game or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I Especially mean, again, with the seventy-two game thinking- regular season as opposed to eighty-two. Right. I'm just taking, yeah, the two players here are better than the top two players on Orlando, and that's why I'm going that way. Fair enough. Number eight, I have the Atlanta Hawks, and number seven, I have the Toronto Raptors. So that rounds out my play-in game candidates. I think the Raptors still have that championship pedigree. I think they've lost a little bit of talent. Ibaka is going to be a big loss for them. Gasol is going to be somewhat of a loss as well. But I think they're going to be able to manage it. Um, watching them against the Knicks yesterday, the Knicks gave them everything they had. And with Van Vliet, Van Vliet and um, and Lowry in there, even with Siakam suspended, they still figured out a way to get those wins. If they can beat the bottom teams like the Knicks and the Bulls and all those teams, they're going to be able to eat their way into the playoffs. I really totally agree with you. As a matter of fact, I have 7-8 and eight in the same order as you. And I agree with everything you said on Toronto. Van Vliet and, and Lowry will win games against bad teams on their own. Let's talk about the Hawks. I think um, Trey Young is a 
child of ba- uh, a child of the 2010s basketball's wet dream. Um, pretty much has free reign of the offense there. Plays absolute zero defense. He has not improved on that end of the ball at all this year from what I've seen. He's a turnstile. But he can fill it up. I think Rondo's a good addition to that team as well as one of the Bogdanoviches. Um, I, I think this team's going to be good enough to get into the playoffs. I think they're just going to put up numbers and they're going to beat the bad teams. This is a team that's going to score at will, and they'll win because of that. Enough, They're going to win 130 uh, to, to 128 every game. Oh, you know? dude, and, yeah, and uh, they're in the middle of two straight games against my Nets. So I watched the Hawks for the first time uh, the other night, and pretty much everything you said, Trey Young can't play a lick of defense, but this team is pretty good. Uh, another name, too, it's, uh, it is Bojan Bogdanovic, there it is. Uh, who is a guy who was supposed to be traded to the Bucks that didn't, that didn't end up happening. That's they a shame. They also have Gallant. Yeah, and they also have Gallinari, who mm-hmm. they signed in the offseason, who's a really another, obviously, he's a player who makes every team he plays for better. The Rondo edition you spoke to, John Collins is a fucking beast. Yeah, um, double you're double right. There. That de- absolutely. So their defense is no good, but they will score, and I agree. Every t- they're going to score 130 a night, and they're going to give up 100 and maybe 35 a night. Yes. All right, moving into... It's fun to watch, though. Yeah, I know. They're definitely a league pass team if you can uh, if you can go and get yourself league pass. Let's move on to the 6 through 1. These teams are locked into the to a playoff series, a first round playoff series. At number 6, I have the Pacers. I really like what I've seen out of them so far this year. Sabonis has taken a massive step up. Uh, you're going to hear his name a lot from me later on. And Owen Depot looks like he's really playing for a contract. And then they obviously have Brogdon and Turner and a few other good ancillary players on the outside that can get him buckets and play defense. I have them at six as well. Uh, this is a perfect range for them, I think, every year, four through six. Four at their highest ceiling, I think six at their basement. They're always going to be competitive because of the players that they have. Sabonis has just taken another level, another step uh, in his game this year. He looks phenomenal. You got Evan Turner, or you got um, Miles Turner as well. They're they're, they're a good team, and um, I, I think that they're always going to be in that. They they beat Boston a couple times. They're they're going to find their way into the playoffs and maybe win a round. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be a title contender, but that's why they're the sixth seed. Number five for me, I have Boston. Um, I think they'd be higher up on my list, but missing Kemba Walker for an extended period of time and losing a guy like Gordon Hayward for nothing really hurts them. Um, If Tatum and Brown can keep doing what they're doing and maybe even take another step forward into being two of the better top five, I guess, forwards in the league, um, maybe they can be a little bit higher, but I think five is where I'm going to have them. I'm going to agree with you again here, and the more that we go, I think we're going to be pretty much simpatico on all of these. Everything you said on Boston is true. Um, I would say that they're a dark horse in a possible James Harden trade because there are times, especially without Kemba, that they just cannot score. And I do wonder if long-term, is it Tatum's team, is it Brown's team? It might not be both of their teams. And if you can get a, a guy like Harden scoring ability, we've seen Danny Ainge be cutthroat before with some of his moves. Um I, I wouldn't put money on it, but I, I would say watch out for them. I think they're a little bit more of a possibility for Harden than people think. I think watch their record over the next three weeks, and if they are below five they they're they're a definite top candidate for James Harden just to get him some scoring and to hold him over until Kemba's there. Maybe they'll trade Kemba. Who knows? Um, that's a big contract. Number four for me, I have the Miami Heat. I like what they did going out and getting Avery Bradley. They let Crowder and a few other guys walk, which was uh, – 
which was tough to see, but I think they're just going to run it back. I love this team. I think Bam gets a little bit better. I think Butler stays the same, and their rookie, Precious Akua, or whatever his name is, out of Memphis, I believe. I really like him as a guy who they had no size, and you saw it glaringly in the finals when Bam came out. And he is like a miniature Bam out there. I don't think he's going to be as good as Bam, but he can do the same things he can do. Bam can do defensively. He's not the offensive guy, but I think he's going to be able to keep them and a few other additions at that four seed, and they're going to be right ready to uh, to go for another title at another James Harden destination, possibly. Yeah, they're they're going to be in that discussion for sure. I, I again, I would echo what you said about Boston. Look in the next couple weeks to see how they're scoring. They might have that that thing of a little too much depth. I'll tell you what, Dragic, Dragic for having yeah. an injury. Um, which was a plantar fasciitis or something something yeah. along those lines in the foot. That usually lingers a little bit longer than it has for him. He looks great. He's looked really good. Um, I'm in lockstep with you, by the way. I have them at number four, too. And um, I've only watched them once this year. I watched them on that first Christmas Day game a week ago when they beat New Orleans. And this team still looks so good, and they're very well coached, as we know. They're capable of making a deep run in the playoffs because we saw them get to the finals last year, even in the bubble. Harden's a possibility for them uh, if they need to break it up a little bit because they do have a lot of options and we've seen some teams with too much depth struggle a bit uh most notably boston a couple years ago but this team can shoot the lights out Dragic looks good obviously you got jimmy butler you've got uh um, harrow and you got bam yeah yeah harrow and you got bam and his team's and and duncan robinson who is just a three-point assassin this team's very good absolutely all right moving up to number three for me i have the philadelphia 76ers um, this team still looks a little clunky. It looks like Brett Brown being replaced by Doc and um, what's his face, Daryl Morey in the main in the front office. I think they're a work in progress with the Simmons and Joel Embiid, but these are two all-NBA guys for me this season when I give you my list later, and I think that does more than enough to get them to the three seed. I really like their pickup of Curry. They need to surround those two guys with shooters, 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 and they've done a better job of that this year. They've done a much better job with that this year. I have them at number three as well. Look at and us. Look at us. I know, dude. This is great. We haven't we haven't done a pod in weeks, and we're just picking right up. It's uh, it's definitely interesting for me to see. This and then team B looks like a monster, play. by the way. Yeah, he he does. And when I say that, I mean he's me. always been a monster, but he looks like a an in shape monster. Yeah, he's gotten in better shape this year. At least he looks lighter. But this is still going to come down to the Simmons and Embiid combination and whether that can work long-term or not. And long-term, even into a postseason, uh, you know, they haven't gotten out of the second round yet. And I know that crazy bounce that Kawhi got, but that we don't know what could have happened, right? And some of those guys aren't even on the team anymore. They definitely look more fluid with Horford not being there, clogging up even more space. This team has James Harden written all over it because Thank I you. do think yeah. pushes. It is going to push. It is going to come, you know, push to shove. Where you got to make a freaking quick reaction, Daryl Morey, and can Simmons and Embiid play or not together? And I don't. You know me. I don't think they can. And yep. Harden is the elite scorer that they can that they can get. And obviously, Simmons is the best trade asset Houston could get. Yeah, definitely. All right. So moving on to number two, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. Whoa! Yep. Um, now listen, had I had the, bro- obviously, process of elimination, everybody out there listening, let's use our brains. 
that that means I have your Brooklyn Nets ranked number one. Now, I don't know. What do you have? I have Milwaukee one and Brooklyn okay. two. Now, had you had you had the Brooklyn Nets at the beginning of the season ranked one or two, I would have called you an absolute homer. But after watching the Nets more than I've watched any other team in the league this year, Kevin Durant looks probably 99.5 to 100% back as what he is. And, and you'll hear his name a lot from me later on as well. Um, first year having Kyrie on a team, you look at the Celtics, and I'm going to call this the first year, being that Kyrie didn't play a hell of a lot last year, and neither did KD. It always seems to go well. It's usually a few years down the line where he starts to um, to really, I guess, wear out his welcome with teams. I know he's already burning sage and about to set an arena on fire and all that shit, but hey, it seems to be working. This team is so fucking deep. I skipped right over the Bucks because I don't have much to say about the Bucks. I think the Bucks are the opposite of the Nets to be honest with you. I don't think they have enough shooting to surround Giannis with and I don't and I think they lost a lot of pieces. I like Drew Holiday, but I thought they lost a, a ton of depth for that and they're asking Dante DiVincenzo and a few other bench guys to do way too much for them. Um so with that being said, Brooklyn Nets are my number one. I think they're going to be the best team in the regular season, the most fun to watch, and Kevin Durant's probably going to be close to the league leader in scoring unless James Harden has something to say about it. Yeah, so uh, I knew you would have called me a homer, but how can you? Not anymore. Not anymore, but even if we did this before the season started, it's like, yeah, they're, they are one of the two best teams in the conference if both Kyrie and Katie are healthy, and Let's just skip from the East real fast. That's the best one-two combo in the entire NBA. That's not LeBron and AD, and yes. those. And I think that's an actual discussion when, especially KD, gets totally, totally. Bad. Pause on that, but okay. Yeah. I'm, Pause on that. Let's not go there. I think AD is leaps and bounds better than Kyrie as a second fiddle, but okay. Mm, All right. But the way Kyrie's played so far this year, albeit a short sample size, he looks fucking ridiculous. He dropped 37 on Boston. Absolutely does, but he's not AD. No, he's a totally different player. Um, So the way KD looks, the way Kyrie looks, obviously they're going to go as that as the team's going to go as they go. You got to be creating your jeans. You must. It's warm enough there for you to wear the jerseys, um, the sleevelesses. You got to be showing off that back hair. Uh, Thank God you're not in my state anymore. uh, You know, we could do this on a FaceTime at some (laughs) point too, and uh, I'll give you that optic. Or maybe I'll wear one when uh, the Nets do their championship parade down the city, down the Canyon of Heroes. Who knows? But um. (laughs) <laughs> but no, dude. And that's what doing there is in the fucking Marcy Projects with Jay Z. <laughs> the Marcy Projects. <laughs> I hope they march right down Madison Avenue past James Dolan's garden. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude. So this team, the only thing that scares me from putting them number one is I. I know they're going to load manage Kyrie and Katie. They've already didn't play one of the games, and that's obviously has to be that's done. That's after they got so, smoked by the Hornets and KD got banged on by Scary Terry. Oh, my God, dude. That dunk was Shit delicious. Happens. Hey, shit happens. Yeah, and that was, the, that was a wild day in the NBA, too. I mean, the Knicks beat Milwaukee by 20. Yep. That was the game. Uh, Dallas beat the Clippers by 50. It was a weird day. But um, the, the concerns I have for Brooklyn are twofold. One, the Dinwiddie injury really sucks. Uh, yeah, because, I completely forgot about that. He's done. Yeah, he's partially torn. I think he's done for it's a, the year. 
It's a partially torn ACL. They haven't ruled him out for the year, but it probably is going to be the year. That's a brutal injury uh. to have. And he was kind of the most important Swiss Army knife that the Nets have. I know Karras was the star of the bubble for them, and he is more of the focal point of an, of an offense, especially that's why he's coming off the bench and, and or uh, driving the second unit. But Dinwiddie allowed Kyrie to play off the ball, play on the ball. He was matching up with the other team's main guy because of his length and his size. He can shoot the three. He's a great passer. So losing him really sucks because it also forces the rest of the Nets' depth, which has been the hallmark of everybody's evaluation of them, right? And don't get me wrong, they are still so deep. But now Karras has to step into that. Yeah, they have Karras has to step into that starting role. Or they have um, Wobble Cabarot coming off the bench, or, or maybe he started the other day. But I still think this team is fucking loaded. They don't play defense, at least not yet, so they need to work on that. Milwaukee, for me, is number one because they're they're on a mission. They've, they have to get to the final, and they know that. And I think this team is not going to take many days off. I think they're going to run through the regular season. That's why they're mm. my one seed. I don't know if I'd pick them to get to the finals, but That's knowing how call. the Nets will load manage Kyrie and KD I think that'll cost them a couple games in the standings not that that matters but if we're just ranking one through 15 I gotta put Milwaukee number one and I watched them only once this year I watched them on Christmas Day against the Warriors and they absolutely smoked them I know the Warriors aren't good but the Bucks did look good and, and obviously Holiday's a huge addition for them he is but I think the subtraction of all the other players that they had to give up to get Holiday hurts more that's why I have them at two. I just think depth is really going to hurt them, especially with this condensed regular season um, and the lack there of the extra ten games that they would probably win eight of those. Um, with that being said, you said you didn't or they might not be your pick to win the Eastern Conference. Who do you have going to the NBA Finals representing the Eastern Conference? I have my Nets. I think they're the best. I think that once you get into the playoffs – KD is the best player in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, and he will, and he will just take over. Very interesting. I like that pick. I think the Nets are going to run out of steam. I think that my Eastern Conference champion are the Philadelphia 76ers. I think wow. that they obviously are in the driver's seat for James Harden. So either it's going to get figured out in a massive way between um, – Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, or they are going to flip Ben Simmons for James Harden. And either way, they're going to be a better team, and I think they're going to be able to beat the Brooklyn Nets and go to the NBA Finals and represent the Eastern Conference. That'd be something else, because we know Harden's issues in the postseason, and obviously... I don't think, but if Harden gets traded to this team, he'll never have had a better supporting cast. I might argue a little bit there. Those those last few years with Houston, that was a very good team. Nah, Embiid in the pick and roll, bro. Hey, uh, listen, man. Embiid, it's it's all about motor for him, and and can he stay on the floor with foul trouble at times deep into the playoffs? And will there be any chemistry issues if Harden does come over in a hypothetical That's deal? True I don't too. know, but I, I think just. The duo of Kyrie and KD healthy with those ancillary pieces, even without a Dinwiddie, I'm sure there's going to be a move made um, for another wing that the Nets desperately need at the deadline, or maybe another big. I just don't think that there's a combo in the East that can beat KD and Kyrie when healthy. Hey, fair enough. I got them number one in the regular season. You ready to move on to the Western Conference? I'm ready, man. I'm ready. 
All right, same thing. We're going to go 15 down. Um, we'll stop right before our possible our play-in game teams. 15 for me is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, Gilgis Alexander, I feel bad for him because I think he's a stud. I think he's going to be a good player in this league. Um, but aside from that, they have Horford, and that's pretty much it. That team is going to suck. After that, I have the Minnesota Timberwolves. Carl Anthony Towns just got hurt. Um, I do like Anthony Edwards. I don't like D'Lo. Um, he can put the ball in the basket, but aside from that, he can't do much else. Golden State Warriors after that, that team preseason was decimated by injuries. It's Curry and 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 nobody else pretty much. Draymond is hurt to start the year. Following that, I have the San Antonio Spurs. The ride's over. I think that – did they even go to the bubble last year? No. Yeah, the ride's more than over for them. Um, listen, I know they have Aldridge, and I know they have DeRozan. That's not going to be enough. And two of those guys on, I believe, one of the last two years of their contracts, possibly the last year, might be trade chips. And then at number 11, following the devastating ankle sprain to John Morant, who is going to have him out for three weeks. I'm going to say five just because that is their prized possession. I actually had him as a first, a top three All-NBA guy and my most improved player before that injury. Now I have them out of the playoffs due to that. I was interested to see where you were going to go with Memphis because that, I'm not going to lie, also put them in that group of teams that won't be fighting for playoff contention. I have slightly different order than you, but all of those teams, I don't really need to change that much because... I'm in complete lockstep with you on that. On that grouping, the jaw injury kills him. Uh, he could win games on his own. Um, the and rest he of the guys looked on that electric. Team, he, he was going to oh be. Oh, my God. Honestly, I think he was going to make all NBA second or third team this year, and he was going to lead them it to a possible. top seven seed. Honestly, it was possible, he great. dude. Um, he did. Right. So you ready to start at number 10 for our, uh, yeah. our playoff teams? Number 10, I Let's have the it. Kings. Number 10, I got the Kings. Number 9, I got the Rockets. Number 8, I have the New Orleans Pelicans. And number 7, I have the Utah Jazz. How do you feel? Nice. So I have um, I have Sacramento at 10 as well. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, I haven't loved him as much. Uh, I don't really know. I, I kept expecting him to get Take so much up. better after that. I expected him to be what Colin Sexton has been early on to this year. But you know what? I think Darren Fox is going to play his way into form. I love Buddy Heald with the extended minutes. And I'll tell you what, Halliburton, you're going to hear his name from me later too. Oh, dude, he's so good. He is so good. Um, I got Houston right there at nine. Um, As long as Harden is still on the team, um, he's going to do what he was – what he did in that Portland game where even though he looks just completely awful, he's going to drop 44 and – put up yep. 17 assists it's I have, it's effortless obviously i said i have houston nine as well the reason why i don't have them ranked a little higher is because listen boogie cousins and wall they looked great last night but they're both due to sit out at least two weeks yeah and and again this could totally change if harden gets moved and they blow this thing up uh shit man maybe even wall plays well enough where they could move him cousins too if they decide to just completely go all in but or go all out i should say yeah um but, yeah, this team's not very good. And the next team I have at number eight is the New Orleans Pelicans. Jesus, the man. Things I, really, We're like, I really like this team at times, and I really hate this team at times. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I was texting you or my secretary because he's a big Pelicans fan. I love Zion. And, listen, the guy's averaging like 26 points a game or whatever. But 
if he dribbles into the paint with his head down again, and and if I'm a defensive coordinator for another team, I'm just saying strip him before he jumps. Strip him. It'll go off his leg <laughs> yeah. and he'll get a steal every single time. Zion, please learn how to dribble, and you will be completely unstoppable. I'm with you on that. And just for, just for reference, the reason that I put them at eight over a team like Sacramento is – I just think their ceiling is higher. They when just they have play more talent, straight up. Yeah, Brandon Ingram was an all-star last year. He's a max player. They have Zion, who obviously is an all-world talent. They have Stephen Adams, who's going to be an interesting anchor playing alongside Zion. And my boy, who I've never, ever, ever sold sold any of his stock, and that's Lonzo Ball, who's shooting the fucking lights out of the gym now. Yeah, and that's good because he was terrible in the bubble. He looked out of shape. He didn't look like he wanted to be there, and they were a huge disappointment in the bubble. I think LiAngelo actually went for him. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, LiAngelo, man. LaVar's doing everything he can. Cup of coffee with the Pistons. Cup of coffee. It ain't happening. It ain't happening for him. Um, But, yeah, dude, I, I, I think when they're clicking out of this group of three, um, or four, rather, the seven through the ten, I, I definitely think that they are they have the best chance. What do you have for seven? I have Utah. Yeah, I have Portland at seven. Hmm. Okay. I have Portland um, much higher. This may be where we differ. Um, I'll go Utah first. Listen, not much. They didn't really change anything. Conley's a year older, but I think he can be better than he was last year, even given that extra year, just because you can't be worse than he was last year. He was absolutely terrible. Mitchell's going to take a step up, but again, I watched the entire Suns-Jazz game yesterday, and the Suns were clicking, man. Chris Paul's got them playing really well, um, and and they had no answer. They lost by 15-plus, and I think that that's why I put them at the seventh seed. They're just not better than the top six teams. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, obviously, when, when Dame and McCollum play at their best, uh, this is a top maybe four team in the conference. Uh, obviously, a, a rung down from the two L.A. teams. But I have them at seven because there's, sometimes, there's just a feel with this team that is a bit underachieving. And sometimes that's due to injuries, which isn't their fault. But I do feel like there's times where they just don't play all that well. And they'll have stretches where they lose games they shouldn't. So I have them at seven. Okay. All right, so I have the Jazz at 7. You have the Blazers at 7. Number 6 for me, I have the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I think Luka's going to have a big year, but with Porzingis being out for God knows how long, they just don't have enough, in my opinion, to rise up the ranks, especially with a 72-game season, not an 82. So that's why I have them at 6. They're going to lock in a playoff series, but nothing else for me. Fair. Uh, I got Utah at six uh, for the reasons in which you you explained. I I do love Gobert and Mitchell, and that's why I have them a little bit ahead of Portland. But, again, it's it's minuscule. We're talking about a six and a seven seed. Conley has to be better. Um, I think this team is, is, you know, towards the bottom tier of the six through eight. All right, moving on to my number five, I have the Phoenix Suns. I think Chris Paul has completely changed this team. I finally got to watch a full game of them. Devin Booker is going to have the best year of his career. I've got him on one of my all-NBA teams. Aiton looked amazing, even against the defensive stopper of Rudy Gobert. And they have a lot of ancillary guys and some bench guys that can put the ball in the hoop, too. Miles Bridges was knocking down threes yesterday. Obviously, Cam Johnson and a few other guys, too. I like this team, and I like their new head coach as well. I think he's going to um, lead them to a five seed. 
Nice, man. For number five, I have Dallas. Uh, for okay. the reasons in which you described. I, I think Luka is on. I mean, I, I have him uh, right up there with the MVP considerations, and he'll win a lot of games on his own because he is that good. Yes. But with KP hurt and who knows what he's going to be when he comes back, and they're obviously going to load manage him because of that accelerated 72-game season, I think it's just going to be hard for them to be in position to be one of the top four teams in this conference. But they'll they'll be close and they'll be super fun to watch because Luka is one of the most fun, if not the most fun player to watch in the entire NBA right now. So you have the Mavs at number five. Yeah. All right, moving on to number four, I have the Denver Nuggets. They've gotten off to a one and three start. I I don't think they should have given Jerry and Grant that contract that, that Detroit gave, gave him. I understand that, but he is still a loss. Jamal Murray has not looked like he did when he absolutely took games over in the bubble. Porter still kind of looks like a deer in headlights out there, even with that talent. And I just think that there, I can name three teams, in my opinion, better than them, and that's why I have them four. Okay. Um, I'm going to have them one level up. I have them at number three. Um, I'm a little bit more optimistic, even though I know they're not off to the best of starts. I'm more optimistic that they'll uh, revert back to their norm, which is explosive and between Jokic and Murray and some of the other players on that team, MPJ, whether he's like their draft the trade pick asset as well. or not. They're, they're I don't think he's going to play much, but I like the kid, uh, what's his face, from the New Zealand team. Um, whatever his name, R.J. Barrett. Yeah. No, R.J. Hampton, sorry. R.J. Hampton, yeah, yeah, yeah. R.J. Barrett, your boy. Um, my yes, number four, I have, I have Phoenix. I love okay. the team. Uh, and I, I, obviously, they went 8-0 in the bubble last year and didn't make it, but to no fault of their own. Booker's a stud. Chris Paul gives this team a whole new look. Everything that you said, I echo. Uh, I am super high on this team, and Aiton's just going to continue to take that step up. Obviously, he is not Luka Doncic and shouldn't have been number one, but goddamn, yes. no one's going to look back and say, boy, that was a busted pick. They're just going to say, well, Luka was the best, but Aiton's damn good, and I like this team a lot. I am super high on them. They that team fun. is deep. I haven't gotten a, I ha- they are really deep, and I haven't gotten a chance to watch them yet. But I can't wait to, and I'm I'm very I'm very optimistic about the, how this team looks. I have them at four, and obviously, like I said before, I have Denver at three because for the reasons you said, yeah, they're a little concerning, but it's super early, and I still think when all things click, this is a team that is more than capable of getting to the Western Final. All right, moving on to my number three team, I have the Portland Trailblazers. I think Damian Lillard's going to be first team All-NBA. He's going to fill it up this year. CJ McCollum looks healthy for the first time in a long time. And I think having him and um, what's his face, Nurkic, I, I get my Joker and Nurkic confused every once in a while. They were on the same team at one point. I don't know if you remember that. Um, I don't. But, yes, they, he uh, Nurkic just started his career off in Denver. That's neither here nor there. I think with him, and then the biggest pickup of the year, in my opinion, um, aside from obviously getting KD back and Kyrie Irving, is Robert Covington. I think he's going to make mm-hmm. a massive impact on this team. He is the ultimate 3 and D guy, and I think that Dame Lillard is going to lead this team to a 3 seed, and there's only two teams better than them, in my opinion. That's interesting that we differ so much on them, because I, I look at their ceiling, and I think, sure... But I also know their basement. I know their inconsistencies. Um, and for me, I just think the world of Denver. Um, I hear you on because that. Because off of just what they did in the playoffs last year, and because you have the best passing big man 
I'm not too NBA, far. Listen, I'm not too far behind on you when it comes to when it comes to Denver. I got them four. I think we're more far apart yeah. on Utah because I have them seven. Utah, yeah, yeah. Utah and Portland, we we flip flop. Yeah. Um, all right. So who is your number three team? You said it was the Nuggets. It's the Nuggets. Yep. Number two for me, I feel like we might be in lockstep here, buddy, and that is the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah. I um, actually flip-flopped the two L.A. teams. I wow. have the Lakers, too. And the only reason is, again, it's the load management thing. They're I hear not you gonna... on that. I do. Yep. But okay. Here's my reason as to why I think the Lakers are still going to be the number one seed, even if they do load manage, because I'm not disagreeing that, they're, that they aren't going to load manage um, LeBron and AD. I just think this team is so deep and so much better than they were last year that it's not even going to man- matter that they're load managing. I mean, Mark Gasol mm-hmm. coming off the bench or starting is obviously a tremendous upgrade from JaVel McGee and Dwight Howard. Um, Montrez Harrell is a guy who can win you a game in the regular season in the fourth quarter, just being able to fill it up. Schroeder as well. Who Did they have him last year? No, they no. didn't. They traded. He was, like the first, yeah. he was the first acquisition of the year. He has looked amazing, especially in the pick and roll. It seems like... Him and um, him and Harold have picked up right where Harold and Lou Will left off with the Clippers, and then this other guy who was the second round pick that was the star of preseason. He actually looks like the real deal. I'm forgetting his name is deceiving me. Yeah, it's like a three part name. Yeah, um, I'll look it up while you're talking. Car- yeah, they have Caruso too. I actually agree with you that they're better than they were last year because of that depth. I just do wonder how motivated they're going to be in certain phases of the season, knowing that their end game is Taylor Horton Tucker. That's his name. I'm sorry. Nice. Oh, you're good. Obviously I didn't back you up. I didn't know. I do need you to tell me though, that the real reason that you picked the Sixers in the East is because Dwight's there, right? Yeah, obviously. I think he's (laughs) going to bring a lot off the court into the locker room. Uh, I've heard he's a great teammate. There you go. Good (laughs) stuff. Um, He'll go to all of those parties by himself in Philly. Uh, Yep. But, yeah, man, I, I, I do hear you on the Lakers. I just think that the Clippers are so fucking pissed with how last season ended. I do – I obviously – Paul George looks great, by the of, way. Yeah, with the exception of that whatever the fuck, the game that was against uh, against Dallas Oof. a week ago. Yeah, that was brutal. But, again, a weird day and shit like that happens. I just think that they're super motivated. They've got Ty Lue now as their coach. I think they know that they can't just coast like they did last year and take games off whenever. Um, I listened to Paul George interviewed on All the Smoke, the podcast done by Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. He sounded like an idiot. I'm sorry. <laughs> in some some ways, he did. Some, yeah, he did. Blaming and, Doc Rivers I, for how he was playing him, even though he wasn't actually he, playing you know him that I'm way. Not, yeah, you know I'm not his biggest fan, Paul George. But I do think that the professional side of him and Kawhi and a lot of the other players on that team are still so pissed after what happened last year. And I think that they're going to be more motivated to win regular season games when the Lakers are just going to say, yeah, we'll kind of figure it out. You heard Frank Vogel say, you know, it, we, we got punched in the gut or something along those lines. Um, I just don't think they care nearly as much because they know once it comes playoff time, they're the, t- they're the best team in the entire NBA. So Listen, I'm there. I'm there for your argument and I believe you, but with all that being said, and I'm not disagreeing with any of it, I still think the Lakers bench is going to be able to outperform some of these lower teams, and they're going to have a better record. It might be by one game, might be by two. I still think the Lakers are the best team. I, th- I still think they're the number one seed. That's just me, though. 
No, that's fair. I, again, you, it's it's hard to argue why the team that's the best team isn't the number one. I just like I have the Bucks with the Nets. I have the Nets coming out of the East because I think they're the best. I just think the Bucks are the best regular season team. I think the Lakers. I'll make the pick now. Are going to the NBA Finals out of the West. I just think the Clippers are going to be as far as seventy two games. They're going to have a little bit better record. All right, man. You already said it. You had your prediction. The Western Conference champions for me, same as you. We were almost completely the same, simpatico, in all of our predictions. I think that's probably a good thing, in my opinion. I think we're going to be, I think we're going to come out looking right on this one. I have the Lakers going to the finals as well. Who is your 2021 NBA champ if we get there, my friend? <laughs> I think it's when we get there. I trust the NBA more than anybody else. Uh, and the NFL, if they're doing this, I think the NBA will too. Um, for me, we see a lot of repeats, right, in the mm-hmm. in the NBA. I don't see why it should be different here. I have in the first round, in the first, I think this will be a couple years straight, I have the Lakers beating the Nets in the NBA Finals, and I could see a repeat next year. There you go. Um, but okay. I, I, think right, I think right now – the Lakers are the best team. LeBron and AD, they already did it. Um, why not do it again? And they'll get a really good foe, and this might be the East-West rivalry for the next two years. I'm in agreement with you. I mean, most years, I mean, for all three major sports that we do this for, Sean, I try and make these bold predictions that nobody else made. I believe I have the Packers winning the Super Bowl, and I have Aaron Rodgers winning the MVP. I always try and get a little cute, although Aaron Rodgers, by the way, is the front runner for the MVP. So (laughs) maybe I'm looking like a genius there. But you know what? I mean, you did it with the Patriots so many times in our NFL predictions. Obviously, you're not doing it anymore, but you go with the sure thing. I'm taking LeBron. He's going to get number, what is it, five? Oh, is it? I think it's... Two with Miami, Miami one with Cleveland, one with the Lakers. Yeah, it would be five. And and I'm going to make, and I'll give you my bold prediction here. LeBron's going to pass MJ when it comes to, when when it's all said and done. He's going to have more titles than him. I know it might seem crazy, but... And I'm not not saying that LeBron is the GOAT. All I'm saying is LeBron, when it's all said and done, is going to have more NBA championship rings than Michael Jordan. That's all I'm saying. Well, hey, I don't think that that's that bold of a prediction. No. Um, It was crazy to say a few years ago, but hey, I mean. Well, and I'm glad you clarified. I'm glad you clarified, too, of saying he's not passing him as the GOAT because six for six will never be beaten. Uh, that will never be beaten. But for how LeBron has done his legacy of playing for different teams and winning for three for uh, three different teams now and being a Laker and wherever his next stop think, is, maybe the Lakers are his last one. Who knows? But, yeah, I could see him getting seven. I think Why LeBron's not? also – I mean, when it's all said and done, if LeBron does pass MJ, I may I may have to crown him the GOAT. No. Honestly. Just watch, the, just watch the last dance again. I, I have seen the last dance, but – LeBron has been the greatest player in the league nonstop, never stopped playing from 2004 to 2000. And now we're in 21 right now, as of today, as of midnight mm-hmm. this morning. MJ, MJ retired twice to, mm-hmm. to, re, to rejuvenate the body or do whatever he had to do. I still have MJ as the GOAT right now. I still have him as the all-time killer. I'd rather have him than anybody else. One game on the line, need to beat the aliens or whatever fucking, you know, thing you want to come up with. But LeBron's nipping at his heels. 
Well, you did say last year, remember when we were overreacting to them losing game one against Portland, where you said he might not even be in discussion for one of the best, one of the three best. If he lost in the first round to Portland... I'm with Am you. I wrong? It was, no, <laughs> and then he turned around. You went from, Listen, that was the show. That was a lesson that for me. Because every that time, every time I prep for one of our pods, and something happens, whether it be in the NFL, MLB, NBA, whatever sport, I think back to when I said something so asinine, and say, "Don't <laughs> say, don't overreact like that again." Okay, ever. Uh, don't let that. It was a lesson. It was so funny because you went from that extreme to now where he might beat MJ, and obviously that's I said might upon him. Exactly, I'm, I know what you said. You didn't say he will. Um, it's interesting, uh, but I do think uh, for the next two years, as long as everybody's healthy and the teams stay the same, uh, the the Nets Lakers with a little bit of rivalry, obviously between Kai and uh, and LeBron. Kai, and what, what is he? What, boy what, now? Better. what are you guys hanging out? Oh, boy. Yeah, dude. I went. By the way, low key thing. Do you see he paid um, nine kids tuitions for college? He dro- that dropped yesterday. Shams reported it. Kyrie cool. Kyrie Irving's not a bad guy. He's just a weird guy. He's a very weird guy. Kudos I just want him. that cleaned up. Yeah, I want that cleaned up. I hate him. I, I, I don't. And it's not even. Obviously, I'm going to defend him. He's on my team. But I there's a lot of athletes to hate for being bad guys. He's just a weird guy. Kyrie has that's, Kyrie that's at one point held the title of my favorite player in basketball. Did he really? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love a point guard. I mean, right now it's Booker. He has been for a few years, but Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving held the title for my favorite player in basketball for a long time. All right, so we both have the Lakers winning the 2021 NBA title. Um, let's do some individual awards. Sean, who's your coach of the year? I honestly think Ty Lue is going to be coach of the year. Okay. I've got Steve I Nash. think he's going to... That's hey, I, I picked love Brooklyn that. as my number one team, so I'm gonna go with yep. him as my coach of the year. Yeah, and uh, because I have the Clippers as the number one seed, I'm gonna go with um, with Ty Lue. There you go. I hope Nash wins. That'd be great. But I think Lou, Remember, everybody for whatever reasons that led to to Doc leaving L.A. And I do think there was some combustible parts there, and there are some flaws on that team, particularly Paul George, personality wise. But this team seems to have really wanted Ty Lue, and Ty Lue seems to be a better match for this group of guys than Doc was. So I think that alone will give him the award. But uh, Nash is a good good candidate, too. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's definitely going to win it, honestly. Uh, they love picking new guys. Um, all right, moving on to Rookie of the Year. Who do you have? For Rookie of the Year, I got James Wiseman. He has looked excellent. He's looked so fucking good. He was the best player in that draft, not even close. And I really like Edwards. And I think it's going to be a really good opportunity for him to get it to because he's not on a good team, so he'll be able to pad a shit ton of stats and really have you know, full free reign to play on the offense the way he wants to and use that versatility in his game. So for that reason, why not James Wiseman? I think he's the best rookie, and I think he's in the best situation of rookies to get that award because of his stats. I have Tyrese Halliburton. Mm. I think he's going to help lead the Kings to the playoffs. We're going to call it a play-in game, the playoffs, whatever. Regardless, it's a playoffs. And I think he's going to put up great numbers. I mean, he's already shooting 50-plus percent from three. I think if he keeps that up, the assist numbers stay there in the defense, he'll be the 
uh, Rookie of the Year in the NBA. Next award for you, my friend, Most Improved Player. That's a tough one because there's some players who I think can keep improving. It was John for me, but he's out. I took him out. Full disclosure. It sucks too, right? Because it's like, how improved can he be? He just needs to play a little bit more. This this is going to sound weird because of how damn good he is, but it's because I believe that there's still another uh, level of him that hasn't been tapped into yet. And I got Bam out of bio. I think okay. he continue to get better, and he could be another. Did, did he, he win, win last, last year? year? I think he yeah, did. Yeah, so. I, yeah, I think he won last year, and we saw Siakam, I know Siakam I won won. two years in a row. I know Siakam won two years ago. And I think Siakam won it two years in a row. So it can be done. Um, most recent, well, no, Brandon Ingram won last year. Brandon Ingram won last year? Okay. So those are the kind of things. This is a weird award because you think Siakam about it, right? did not win talking, two years in a row. He won once. He Victor just won the Oladipo one. won the year before that. Okay. So it's kind of a weird award in the NBA, right? Because you have such great players and you don't think of them as being somebody who needs to improve. But because I think so highly of Bam and his overall game and being on a team that's conducive to him, unlocking that next level, I believe, is in there. I, I think that he, I think he's going to win it a second year in a row and become one of, I well, don't he know, didn't win last top year. 12 players. Or, that's right. First year, yeah. So, yeah. Yep, sure. So, so I'm going to say Bam. So, yeah, he's definitely an all-NBA guy for you. I'm going to go a big man, too. I'm going to go Sabonis. Love it. Uh, I think this guy God, is going to be. Good, I'm going to rattle him off on. Yeah, he he looks like. Um, honestly, if I compare him to anybody in the league right now, he looks like the Joker. They're running the offense yeah, through him. Um, he can shoot the three. He just looks like uh, a poor man, and not very poor, but a poor man's version of the Joker. Um, defensive player of the year. Who you got? Defensive player of the year. <laughs> Probably gonna, I, I, I have Gobert again. Wow. Okay. Because he's just the biggest game changer defensively, I think, in the NBA. And I'm he prides go, himself on that. I'm going to go a little out there on this one. I'm going to go Robert Covington. I love it. I think his combination of blocks and steals that he has this year are going to be insane. He's going to be the reason why, in my book, the Blazers are a top three seed. Um, and I have him as my defensive player of the year. Finally. MVP. Let's see if we're on the same page here, buddy. Oh, man. I don't know if we will be because you've hinted at it a little bit. And uh, um, I think I'm going a different way. I'll start. Luka Doncic is this year's MVP. Okay. Well, Bam would have to average probably 60 points a game in order to win it three years in a row. I I couldn't even name the amount of players that have won it three years in a row. But I know the list is very short and LeBron's not on it. Um, And if LeBron's not on it, I don't think anybody deserves it at this point in time. I'm going Kevin Durant. Oh, beautiful. Number one seed, best team in the regular season. They might have the best record in the regular season. Um, it's going to be a fun year for you, Sean. I don't see you wearing pants that often this year when you're watching your Nets. <laughs> it's fucking awesome, man. I, I, it's, it's so cool. Like, I was watching it on Christmas Day and beating Boston, and they didn't even play that well in the first half. And then the third quarter starts, and KD just – can't miss and the game is so effortless for him and i would have felt this way watching him on any team especially coming back off an achilles which is obviously one of the worst injuries of not for him clearly not for him and it's because everybody when we had this 18 month layoff of not watching him play speculating he's one of the best shooters of the basketball of all time and nobody can guard him 
so just his shooting alone, I mean, he hasn't even tried to be that explosive yet, um, you know, driving to the hole. He's just pulling up and, and hitting shots left and right. So to see him do it for my team, it's fucking awesome. Listen, I, I envy you. I'm watching fucking Julius Randle catch the ball at, at the three-point line and dribble it for 18 seconds and then shoot a fadeaway, and I want to throw my remote at the television. So before we go into the NFL and put a well, we still got NBA first, second, third. I have those. All right, that's that's cool. We can definitely. But go ahead, ask me your questions about the Knicks. Yeah, we we you had them in one of the bot. We both had them as one of the bottom teams in the conference. But what do you think of them so far? They're two and three. They killed the Bucks in a game. They're a fun team um, to watch, but they're still doing yeah, do things that piss me off. Julius Randle, I like him. He had a couple good plays last year uh, or last night, where. They were playing his own on him. He caught the ball at the free throw line. He dribbled twice, made the right pass, and it was a New Orleans Noel dunk. Or he had a couple of good plays where he did a drop step in the post and put it in. Or the shot clock was winding down and he was posting up and faded away. Mid-range jumper. You know, book it. Easy money for him. But when he's taking touches away from, although he didn't play last night, but I saw it in other games, Milikina. R.J. Barrett, when he's taking outside touches where they should be attacking the rim, it, it makes me f- furious because this is your foundation. These are the guys you're supposed to be developing. And Julius Randle, who at best is a trade piece, if not, you're just going to let him walk when his contract is done. It's just so frustrating. Like, this is not how you develop a team. And I know he's a Kentucky guy, and these are all Kentucky guys, but he's not part of the future, and that just part just kills me. But aside from that, I like what I've seen from Barrett, and I like what I've seen from Nilakina. And the rookie, Toppin, is hurt. Um, the other guy, what's his name? Quigley. I haven't seen him play that much. I believe that's his name out of Kentucky. Um... I'm just looking forward to see these young guys. I feel like I'm a broken record. I say it every year, but please, Knicks, for the love of God, take the ball out of his hands. <laughs> it sucks, right? Because he's played tremendously so far based off stats and stats alone, but you and every other Knicks fan I know don't want to see him on this fucking team because no, he is taking uh, shots. It's not even that I don't want to see guys. him on this team, but like, if he was on a winning team, do you really think he'd be catching the ball at – at the top of the three-point line and, and dribbling no, the not. air out of it? No. Chris, imagine he Unless was on a team was with Chris Paul. like a sixth or seventh guy or something. Yeah, off right. the bench, fine. But as a, playing starter minutes, imagine him on the team with Chris Paul. Chris Paul would kill over if he saw oh Julius Randle doing that. Yeah, for sure. And this is going to be a hindrance to your development, which always sucks because especially the fact that he's going to help you win some games if he plays at this level because he's been fucking amazing. What do you think of how the team's played under Tibbs? Do you notice like a difference seeing that you're being coached by an actual competent Yeah, the defensive intensity is obviously through the roof, and Kevin Knox has looked a lot better, which is important to me. He seems like he's poised this year he's attacking the rim a lot harder um he's taking shots when they're open even if he misses the one before it i like what i've seen especially out of kevin knox and um nilakina that's good to see so all right well there's your knicks uh first first point of emphasis and discussion on the knicks so far this year um give me your first second and third team nba you can go in order if you want i'll go third through one uh third team all nba sabonis paul george jason tatum ben simmons jimmy butler um i threw some guards in there and some forwards you could do some 
you know, jiggering around if you want to to make somebody a center. My second team is Joel Embiid, the Joker, Kawhi Leonard, Devin Booker, and then for all those millennial motherfuckers that like watching Trey Young put up empty stats, he's on that team. Oh, that's not millennial. That's Gen Zers, my friend. Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. I guess I'm a millennial. Um, and then finally, my first team All-NBA, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, LeBron, Lillard, and Luka. And I guess you could find a spot for Kyrie on one of those three teams as well. Maybe you take out Ben Simmons and you put in Kyrie. I don't know. What do you think? You know, I got to be honest, I didn't do first, second, or third teams. Um, but so what I will do is I will echo you with all of that group of players. And I will tell <laughs> you this that if Kyrie Irving is not on one of the first two teams, that means that he got hurt. Because if he plays at the level that he's playing at right now, not even being a homer, especially I hear you, you know on that, bro. Him. Once being one of your favorite, if he was your favorite player upon a time, you know how fucking great he is. If well, he plays you know at this level all year, it's wild. You convinced me. I'm crossing out Trey Young. Trey Young, you're not on any of them, and I'm putting Kyrie on there. Because Kyrie Second team All-NBA, Kyrie Irving. Beautiful. Because I have liked his defense this year, too. Obviously, he's not a gifted great he's defender. Trying, but man, when period. He, He's trying, and he's and he's played well. On I mean, when he got uh, switched onto um, onto Tatum a little bit in that Boston game, he he actually gave Tatum the most trouble of anybody the Nets put on him. So I'm not saying he's an all world defender. That's obviously not true. But he's capable of trying and and stepping it up for for spurts in a in a game. So definitely. All right, there's that. That wraps up our NBA season. You and I both have the Lakers winning to probably no one's surprise. Let's move on to some NFL, Sean. I am going to quickly, because it's been a few weeks, recap our Week 15. Sean, you went 2-2. Two and two. Um, right. We both had the, the the Rams covering against the Jets. I know we're going to have to talk about my New York Jets. They won that yes. game. I went 3-1. and one. Um, My notable pick, the Buffalo Bills, hit my sperm bank pick of the week. Um, nice. The bank is wide open again if anybody wants to uh, store with year. us. Yes, right. um, I'm expecting another win this week in the final week of the regular season. So, Sean, let's talk Giants first, then we'll talk Jets. Um, I think the Giants would have to, first of all, win, and the Eagles would have to win, and the Giants somehow make the playoffs, correct? You are a thousand percent correct, and I can't believe that. But it is the case. Uh, the Giants have played terribly since that <laughs> Uh, awesome win against Seattle um, when Seattle obviously had the, probably their worst performance of the year. It was definitely one of their two worst. Um, there has been some Daniel Jones injuries, Colt McCoy action, no offense, some injuries around the roster, but overall they uh, they just have not played very well, which is not abnormal. I mean, the only reason that we were talking about this team as a possible playoff team is because how fucking horrific the division is. But they're no different than a lot of the other five and maybe at best case scenario six wins te- six win teams in the NFL, which is not very good. They're a media football team. With that said, I do like their chances against Dallas this week. We'll talk about our picks in a little bit, but at the end of the day, here's the craziest stat. Based off how things can go down on Sunday, the Giants could draft as high as 19th, meaning that they won the division, or as low as third. (laughs) I would take the third (laughs) if I were you. Being a Jets fan and going through this process a lot, I'd rather the better player than to get smoked by probably Tampa. 
And yeah, I know you guys, bar quotes, own Tom Brady, but listen, you saw how it went last year. You're like, oh, I really want this good experience for I Daniel know. Jones, and now you don't have Chase Young. So let's learn well, from our mistakes here and root against the Giants, okay? A quick, a quick, a quick thing though to talk about, and it's a good thing that you brought up. And I know, was it the last pod we did where I was like, it was the first time that I kind of wished I was wrong last year? Yeah. Because Chase Young had that game against the Cardinals where he just went off. Um, it obviously makes sense, right? The the lower in the draft you are, you're, you're going to have an opportunity to draft the better player. But if you're not going quarterback, I do believe, and maybe it's only because I witnessed it with Eli, was when they did go to the playoffs and they were not one of the better teams and he took his lumps and didn't play all that well or the team didn't play that well, I do think that that helps a young quarterback get to that next level having already been there before. And Here's that's the kind of the only you back need and to forth make, I have on You it. need to make the decision whether or not Daniel Jones is the guy. Because if he is the guy, I understand your sentiment and I understand why right. you feel that way. But if he's not, then you want the best player because eventually you're going to move on from him. And well, with the number the, four pick, you have an opportunity to move up in the draft and get yourself Justin Fields. Well, that's not going to happen. Uh, they're not going to take a quarterback after Jones after year two because he hasn't been that bad. He's not Dwayne Haskins who's getting cut. So <laughs> they're they're not taking a quarterback this year. But you raise a good point. If they if he's not the guy, this is an obviously moot point and a stupid conversation. I'm going under the presumption that he is their guy and that if he is their quarterback of the future, Joe Judge, who does not give a lot of accolade to players, said that – Daniel has owned, earned his respect, and he's a, he loves Jones, and he's definitely the quarterback going forward. Great. If that is the case, then I hope that they get into the playoffs and they have a shot at possibly winning a game, even though likely that's not going to happen. If not, okay, then you're then you're drafting a good player somewhere, you know, between three and twelve, most likely. So there's that. I hope that they lose and they break your heart. And then I hope Dallas goes into the playoffs with a worse They're draft pick. They're not going to break my heart. With a worse draft pick, which sets them up for less success in the future, and then they get smoked. So it's a win-win for me either way. Um, I hope that's what happens because I want the Cowboys to be even worse than the Giants. Okay, now let's move on to my Jets. Please. So they've won. I've been waiting for this. So since we last spoke, they've won every single game they've played. <laughs> um, they beat the... First place at the time, Los Angeles Rams. And listen, honestly, it wasn't even particularly close. The Jets controlled that game from kickoff till final whistle. Um, and I thought they looked great. Honestly, defensively, the both weeks, they have really gotten after it ever since the firing of Greg Williams. I think the fix was in on Greg Williams. He was doing a great job. They should have promoted him to head coach, honestly, um, <laughs> and fired Gase. But now it, it seems like this team is playing motivated football. Darnold was making plays all over the field. They decided to move around some running backs and not just have Gore run it down their throat every single time. Ty Johnson's looked explosive. Crowder's been great. Mims has looked amazing. Obviously, Becton I'm high on. And then this past week, they caught the Cleveland Browns at the perfect time where, God damn it, Sean, I think you could have played wide receiver with them, and I've seen your hands before. Oh, please, because... dude. My hands are great. <laughs> I got hands for days. Okay, you're high. I, you might be high right now. Did you pick up a Did you pick up a couple of habits down there in Texas? I don't know. No, um, no. But again, they, they, they had complete control in that Browns game, even more so than they did in the Rams game. 
Um, they abused Jared Goff. That defense abused Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield. They did. They've played really well and really hard for the last month plus. And I'll tell you they what, man. Yeah. I'm not that – after I lost Trevor and I've, I've coped with it, um, my sweet prince, Trevor. I'm back to my baby boy. I never left him. I always had hope for him. I'm fine <laughs> with Sam Darnold next year. I think that you trade that number two pick for a shit ton of picks. And you build this team up. And you get the right head coach in here. Here's your hope. That Justin Fields absolutely lights up Clemson today. And then he lights up Bama or Notre Dame. And... He just shoots up the boards and because in this crazy overreactionary, what have you done for me yesterday kind of world we live in, um, maybe he becomes the most coveted guy. And Jacksonville, let's not pretend like Jacksonville is a competent franchise. They're not. And it is entirely possible that they could fuck this up. Even so, Darnold is a guy who we both like. And he has been a product every time we do this podcast. We talk about how, was it his fault? Is it the coach's fault? Is it the organization's fault? And there has to be blame on all sides if you continue to suck. Darnold should be, there's a reason evaluators still across the league continue to say that if he's in a good spot, they would want him. Clearly, there's something there. And he's been a model teammate and a model representative of the franchise. One troubling thing, though, and I want to get your take on it. He has done this now three years in a row where he plays really well when you're completely out of it late in the season and he gives you that idea that he's going to carry that over to next season and then next season you start 0-4 or 1-6. So does that has that crept into your mind at all or is it really just get the fuck case out of here and, and build some stability with the roster and he will be ready because year four is a big year for him. It has crept into my mind a little bit. Of course, I've thought about it. I've thought about this from every angle. But I think he's taken a major step forward. And <laughs> I might sound like a broken record at this point, but yeah, I think you need you to. You have to say it, man. You have to say. I it. think you need to get some players in here, man. A Crowder cannot be your best wide receiver. I'm tired of saying it. And Le'Veon Bell on on half a leg, who, by the way, he got traded to the Chiefs. Everybody was excited when Edwards Elaire went down. He touched the ball four times last week. They had Williams running the whole time. So let's not say that they the Jets ruined Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell was washed as fuck, okay? I would have much rather the Jets went out and got a big-name wide receiver and let Michael P. Ryan run. Let's not make that mistake again of signing a big running back. Let's get a fucking wide receiver in here, huh? Um... With that being said, I, I just want to see franchise stability. I really, really like what Douglas has done. I like what Douglas has done, too. And we'll have all offseason to talk about it. It's so scary, though, as a Jet fan, because if Gase goes, because Gase and, um, and Douglas are kind of tied at the hip, if, if Gase goes, now you're running through this complete terrible cycle again where you're not pairing a GM with a coach. So if you bring in a great coach just in today's NFL, likely he's going to have a full autonomy of the program, right? So now, it's is, is Douglas going to be able to bring in his guy, or are the Jets just going to say, no, get us Urban Meyer, or get us 
you know, Eric Bieniemy. I think and you if need Douglas to be in lockstep. That's a problem. I think you need to be in lockstep. Best case scenario is that his guy ends up being the guy, but uh, I think you need to be in lockstep and let him pick his guy. I'm with you on that, and I think that's what should happen. But if the off case it doesn't, um, like if you get a guy like like Urban Meyer, for example, or Harbaugh, they're not going to say. They have the gravitas to say, I don't really want Douglas as the GM, and you're going to have to let him go. And even if that sucks, you got to – every good team has those two pieces, you know, attached. So – but we'll talk about that later. Last thing for you, man, because it is – even though it does kind of suck that you lost the chance for Trevor, this is a month plus of playing really good football. And you see signs, and here's another really terrible question that you're going to have to ask and answer for me. I know you despise the guy. But this team has clearly played for Case. Is it completely out of the realm of possibility that Case comes back? Because I don't think it's a done deal. No, I don't think it is out of the realm of possibility. I don't think he's our head coach for the future. Um, for some reason, they've been playing for him. I think, honestly, the firing of Greg Williams was huge. If anything has taken a major step forward, it has been the defense. I mean, holding the Rams. I, I know the Browns, what were they held to? Six? Or something I think like it was that. six, yeah. Um, and then the Rams were held to a low score as well. This defense has taken ten steps forward. Maybe the offense has taken three. But I, I think it has more to do with that. I just don't think Gase is your winning coach. And he's not good at developing quarterbacks, period. No, he's not. And that's a tough question because if, if you're in that room and this is the second straight year where you're finishing the season strong at least, and if you have a convincing win against the Patriots – and this team has played well, to well enough to win. I reg- I go back to that Chargers game that you barely lost with Flacco playing, and then you obviously tank jobbed against the Raiders, and since then you've won. Yeah. So it's it's outside of that Seattle game. The Seattle game obviously got you, you got destroyed, but it's weird because they have played for him. Um, I don't know a lot of questions to answer, but now is not that time. Uh, but I wanted to hear your. You talk your way through it, and you sound good about it, which I'm happy to hear. I'm trying, man. I, I really am. Um, all right, let's let's do some uh, Week 17 spreads. Let's make some picks. There's a lot of playoff spots that have not been locked up. When they are locked up following Monday Night Football, I think they're playing Monday Night this week. No Monday Night. No, every, no, every, every game is Sunday. All right, every game is Sunday, so maybe during Monday we will do a playoff preview and give you our predictions there. I still have Green Bay winning the Super Bowl as well as Aaron Rodgers winning MVP. Um, I don't even remember who your MVP pick was. Um, it seemed yeah, like so damn that. long ago. It wasn't Kirk Cousins, that I know. <laughs> That's great. All right, Sean. First game we're going to do, the Dallas Cowboys are – on the road, playing your Giants, but they are still favored by two and a half points. What do you think? That's a fair spread. Dallas has played well lately. The Giants have not. I'm doing this as just a pure homer pick. I want to beat Dallas anyway, and it'll help you help the Giants maybe win the division too. So I'm going to take the Giants in this game um, at home, and, and Jones plays well, and the defense steps up, and Mike McCarthy leaves having to shake the hand of Jason Garrett. Interesting pick by you. I disagree. I think Dallas looked electric. Sure. Um, I think that offense has finally found a little something. And I have Dallas minus two and a half. Let's have you talked on. to Will Smith about this game real fast? Have you talked to Will Smith at all? I have not. 
Um, we're going to have to see how he feels. Uh, listen, Will, with his age, has gotten a little more realistic. I don't think he thinks they are <laughs> going to go on a Super Bowl-esque run here, but he probably thinks they're going to win this game and make the playoffs. That's fair. All right, moving on to the next game. The other local game, we have the Jets going to New England to play the Patriots. The Patriots are favored by three and a half points. What do you think, Sean? I'm taking the Jets. I can't believe it, but I'm taking the Jets. They've played so much better. The Patriots are fucking horrible. They've, they've mailed it in. I'm in agreement with you there. I'm taking the Jets as well. I think that defense is really going to stifle. I'm, I'm going to guess Stidham's playing this week, being that it's the last week of the season, and they want to see what they have with him. And Cam, I mean, Stidham must be really bad because they should have pulled Cam about six weeks ago. That's my thought. That's my thought. I'm with you. All right, let's go out of market. What's your first pick, buddy? Green Bay, Chicago. Um, Green Bay is a five and a half point favorite here. And I'm going to take the Packers. They want to lock up that number one seed. And there's a chance that they could do that. And I know this is where all the people who, the Trubisky truthers, are going to say, hey, he's played really well lately. Look at them. They're a playoff team. They might find their way into the playoffs. But the Packers are on a mission. Uh, Rodgers owns the Bears. And he'll do that again to close out the season in uh, Soldier Field. Give me the Packers to cover the five and a half. I like that pick. Pretty bold. All right, I am looking at Tennessee. Tennessee still fighting for playoff position. They are going to Houston, who I believe just lost to Cincinnati. I don't really remember that game. Their weapons are terrible. I think Tennessee is going to have complete control of this game and go up 10-0 and never look back. Derrick Henry is going to run all over them. Give me Tennessee on the road minus seven and a half. I think that's super fair. By the way, what do you think of J.J. Watt's rant about how much he hates his team and how much it, how it's filled with a bunch of quitters? I thought it was great. I thought it was 50-50 on me. I thought it was great, but you don't really call out your own guys like that in public. Um, that's kind of a thing you do behind closed doors. Um, and again, you have to go play with these guys. So uh, that's all the more reason for me to pick Tennessee. I mean, maybe yeah, they're like, knowing, fuck it. If you want us to quit, we're really going to quit this time. I think that that's absolutely true. I like that pick by you. And Watt has earned the right to do that, I think, because he's been there forever. And I'm sure he did it behind closed doors, and he still hates that team. Listen, he, I hear he's you. Playing yeah, his, I, I, just because yeah. he earned the right doesn't make it right. No, I'm with you. I, I, actually, I just loved it because it was – I love J.J. Watt. It was interesting. I think that if anybody has the right to do that, on that team I definitely believe it's him he's been through some shit and he's playing his last game as a Texan tomorrow or on Sunday um my last pick uh I'm doing Sunday night and obviously you're going to see a trend here uh based off of the way I'm picking this game the Giants are going to win the NFC East I have uh Philly who is a five point underdog at home against Washington and I have Jalen Hurts finishing the season off with a victory for the he Eagles, meaning he has a good winning, a meaningless game, and whoever starts for Washington, I, I don't know. And Philly's weird because they have talent enough to win. I don't yeah. know what's going on I mean, there, they sucked they, in the second half last week, but the first half they looked electric. They did. So, yeah, I'm going to take, uh, I'm gonna take uh, Philly here to cover the five-and-a-half-point underdog spread. All right, my Sperm Bank Pick of the Week brought to you by Sean. Go ahead, make up a sponsor for me. Oh, man. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, still Aaron out there D. slinging that D around. He's probably single. Um, 
<laughs> Listen, good for him. He's dating a lot of supermodels. My sperm bank pick of the week. We're going to talk <laughs> about another great quarterback here. I am going to Buffalo. Miami at Buffalo. Buffalo needs to win this game to lock up the two-seed win, and they close it out, and they beat Pittsburgh for the two-seed. I'm sure they would want that. So they're not getting a bye week, but everything's going to run through Buffalo, obviously, unless they run into Kansas City. Um, They are only favored by one and a half points against the Miami Dolphins, who have, aside from a crazy being pulled to the ground by his face mask on the final play of the game, Ryan Fitzpatrick play, have looked like absolute doo-doo offensively. And I think Buffalo's going to shit on them all day. This spread should be four and a half. It's one and a half. Give me the bills. Sperm Bank Pick of the Week brought to you by Aaron Rodgers. Lock it in. I love it. And I think the one thing that's interesting here is that I think Vegas believes that the Bills aren't going to go all in on this game. That's why the spread is so low. And also, right. I think they are. I, I, if they had nothing to play for, line. fine. But they do. Right. Well, that's why I like your pick, because they do have something to play for, and they should play well. And they're not a team that's earned the right, I don't think, to just kind of cakewalk Week 17, take your foot off the gas. They've looked way too good lately uh, to do that. Also, just quick and a side note for you, Ryan Fitzpatrick tested positive for COVID, so he will not come in out of the bullpen for the Dolphins this week. Oof, that's a toughie. Uh, all right, so it's going to be the Tua show. I think even if they do take their foot off the gas pedal, especially with Tua, who I think he's going to be a more than serviceable NFL quarterback, possibly a great one at some point. Right now he's not. Give me the Bills, minus one and a half. Boy. It's a good pick. Oh, there you are. It's buddy. a good I pick. we lost you. All right. Yeah. Nope. Let's talk a little MLB, talk a little college football. I was going to tell you to wake me up when the Yankees signed DJ LeMahieu because I don't want to talk MLB until then. But that would kind of be sacrilegious of me. There was a couple big deals made by the San Diego Padres that we need to go over. But again, wake me up when the Yankees re-signed DJ LeMahieu. It's, it's crazy, man. And it does not sound like any of the big free agents are signing anytime soon because their entire market is waiting on Springer, Bauer, and DJ. And I don't believe either of them are all that close to signing anywhere. Bauer is the most notable who said that he wants a five- to six-year mega deal. So no I watched one an interesting video about Bauer, about how he cheats. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and there was a lot of information to back it up. Um it was saying about how he mentioned him and Garrett Cole, who were teammates at UCLA, absolutely hate each other, which is another, obviously the Yankees aren't going to pay him, but another major reason why he won't be on the Yankees. He was um, saying how when Cole went to um, Houston, his spin rate went through the roof, and Bauer was explaining how he did it and everything, basically saying that there's a doctored substance similar to pine tar. His spin rate's gone up tremendously, and now Bauer did the same thing for the entire year in Cincinnati. And he obviously had the best year of his career, and his spin rate was through the roof. Yeah, it's weird because both those guys are such, like, craftsmen. I mean, they're both obviously dominant, but they, they're, they just constantly work and work and work at tweaking certain of their pitches and becoming masters at it. And it's I'll tell you one thing. Bauer better not be caught doing anything because he was the one who just went up and in on his He's already admitted to cheating. I I might have to send you this video. He doesn't give a shit. Well, that's pretty crazy because, God, he's – yeah, he he was one of the most notable – 
guys that went after uh, after Houston after fires blew the whistle on him. But yeah, send me that video. I'll be interested to check it out. Anyway, it sounds like he's lobbying for a big time deal, and someone will pay him. Shit, maybe it's the Padres now. I think it's the Mets still. Yeah, I think it's the Mets too. But holy shit, bro! Let's talk about the Padres. They have now become. They got to be the most fun team in baseball. I'm not saying they're the best, but they're the most fun now, right? Yeah, I mean, Darvish, who had a couple bad years in Chicago, he's had two comeback years in Chicago, and then obviously Blake Snell, who is a Cy Young talent. Uh, to go with Paddock and uh, Lament out there as their, as their starting pitching staff, I don't know who their number five is going to be. Also, don't really care. Um, I mean, between that offense and those pitchers, they are a really fun team to watch, or they should be on paper. Dude, it's awesome because they are a team now that, just to give you an idea of how deep their farm system is, they've traded like, I think, seven or eight prospects in the two deals, and they still have, they never even traded one of their top seven guys, and two of the players that went to the Cubs went from, like, the Padres' 17th or 18th highest-ranked prospects to, like, the Cubs' 4th and 5th. Like, that's how good they are and that how much they still have in their uh, in their depth, including, I think, the top-pitching prospect. He's a lefty, so maybe he starts comes up as the number 5. And Clevenger will be back in 2022. This team is so fun, and I applaud them so much for going out and doing this because they have no history of being anything other than losing in two World Series, 84-98. And they can kind of take the baseball world by storm. They, they kind of did a little bit last year with Tatis and Machado. Uh, this team's building something, and I, I think that they're becoming – uh, MLB.tv or MLB Network must watch, kind of like the NBA League Pass games, where you watch the Yanks first and then you pop them on at 10 o'clock Eastern and and they're playing. Yeah, that should be a fun team to watch. Um, I think they just inserted themselves as a top five team in baseball if they weren't already. Um, again, Sean, don't bring up baseball to me anymore until DJ LeMahieu resigns. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to do some housekeeping, but I know, man, every day. I saw he wanted, I don't know if this was true, but I read something on Bleacher Report like a week or so ago about how he wants five years, 125. Would you really do that? Give it to him. I'll sign him today if it was my money. It's not, which is even better. Give it to him. (laughs) All right. Five years, 125 is insane. Um, And I hope it doesn't take that to get him. Uh, If it takes it and they do it, I'm happy. If not, you won't be seeing me wearing any Yankees gear this year. Um all right, let's talk college football. College basketball, do we really have to talk? It, it, it's an underwhelming year. The National Player of the Year probably isn't even going to be a lottery pick out of Iowa. I forgot his name. Um, your UConn oh, Huskies, I don't even know. I mean, there was a poster dunk I saw a couple nights ago. I don't know. Do we care? They can, Gonzaga's uh, going to win the hard. title, and they're going to run away with it. This team is the best team in college basketball I've seen in a long time. They have like it's three lottery picks on the team. That's wild, man. Yeah, it's hard to care because I just don't know what. I like watching UConn play when they're on, but I don't really know what any of this season stands for. Yeah. All right, well, another sport that we don't really know what it stood for, but hey, you know what? 2020, I guess, was a was a similar year to any other because the top four seems to be almost the same every single year. We have Alabama number one, Clemson number two, Ohio State, what was it, number three, and Notre Dame, number four, right? 
That's correct. And uh, right now, Bama is leading Notre Dame seven nothing in the first quarter. And that is going to be an absolute shit show. I think Alabama is probably going to win by twenty. And they are going to go on to the national title game. And then I think Clemson is probably going to win by twenty as well and move on to the national title game. That one's harder for me because. Again, this is the weirdest year to gauge anything, and a buddy of mine was like telling me because he's putting some money on these games. I'm like, how do you do that in this kind of year? Because Ohio State didn't look very good against Northwestern in the Big Ten title game, but they hadn't played for three weeks. Now they haven't played for a week or two weeks, and they're playing tonight against Clemson, who also has had some underwhelming performances. I hate Notre Dame getting in these games. Every fucking year they get in if because they don't play anybody and they win one game and everyone loses their fucking shit like they did against Clemson this year, even though they got wrecked by Clemson in the ACC title game. And to me, more so than even just the playoffs itself, Texas A&M should be in this playoff. Yeah, Texas A&M had a better year in my opinion. But Texas A&M ain't going to sell the way Notre Dame does. Sorry. Nope. No, you're right. You're right. So who do you like in these two games? Obviously, I mentioned Bama's up seven early in this game, and then we've got Clemson-OSU tonight. Alabama-Clemson. Alabama's going to win the national title. I just think they have a better defense, and their skill position players are better. Yep. I'm going to have to agree, obviously. That was easy. College football is so fucking interesting. I can see why it makes trillions and trillions of dollars. (laughs) This year is just – it's the college sports template just completely was botched. Yeah, and all across the board. Both sports. Mm -hmm. I mean, what can you really do? I can't – as much as I love to blame the NCAA for things they deserve to be blamed for, it's tough to do it with college athletes, and I can't really blame them because these are unprecedented times. Sure. I think they they shoulder some blame, but – They always do. Right. You have commissioners from different conferences making up their own schedules and their own rules, and then teams don't play. And then you have COVID, and even though half the team tests positive, they still play. It was a shit shit season. I love college football. You know that, not just because of Alabama. I like watching a lot of fun matchups every Saturday. It was hard. Obviously, I moved, but there was a lot during this year where I just didn't know what games to watch because I didn't know what games mattered. It's not like you, you used to throw on, you know, at noon, you would have, like, Michigan State and Wisconsin. It, you, it's hard to care when Wisconsin's fourth-string quarterback, who's never gotten a rep, is playing, you know? Yeah, man, I hear you. Let's hope, uh, let's hope this vaccine starts kicking soon and we can move on from this. It'd be nice. You got anything else going on in life, Sean? Anything interesting you've seen down there or whatever? Honestly, Austin is very good with COVID restrictions. It masks everywhere. Everybody's wearing them. Nobody's being a piece of shit. Um, everybody's nice here. Um, it's been cool. Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely been, you know, applying for jobs and applying for apartments, now getting that, moving in a week. It's kept me busy, but it, does, it doesn't feel, as far as, like, just COVID life, it doesn't feel any different here than it did up there. Um, what's it been like for you up there um, over the last couple of weeks? Same as all of 2020, man, and uh, it's getting harder and harder to remember what life was like before it. It's crazy, dude. Like, a year ago, I was down here on vacation for New Year's, and, you know, we, we, had, we went to a friend's house party and went to some, uh, some like, show, outdoor shows, and everything was really 
cool and normal and fun. And then we did New Year's last night. We were supposed to hang out with like 10 people. We only had a group of six because of COVID and not trying to get too many people in the same place. And it's just like, how the fuck was that a year ago? That feels like three or four. It's not even the same world, obviously. Yeah, it's a crazy thing. I'm hoping these vaccines can get uh, get things under control. Um, and that's all you can really hope for, man. That's all you can hope for, buddy. And stay occupied. What are you, uh, what are you doing show-wise? Nothing much, man. It has been dry for me lately. I fi- I'm finishing up Peaky Blinders, which has been an eh show for me. I just have nothing else to watch. Been watching a lot of sports, um, but I pretty much finished all my shows. So now I'm I'm showless and I'm out there looking for other shows. I'm getting really terrible recommendations from a lot of people, um, including my secretary. I don't want to hear about um, another um, superhero show or anything like that. I could fucking care less about superheroes. Um. Yeah. So <laughs> somebody give me, me a good wreck on a halfway decent show. Yeah. Um. I, I I can't do the superhero stuff either. It's just not not for me. Um. My buddy got the uh, Nintendo Switch, so we've been playing some games on that, that's which cool. has been fun, like Mario Kart and um, Smash and all that stuff. So that's always those are always fun. But you can only play them for so long before you kind of just want to go do something else. Yeah, I hear you, man. Yeah, uh, the Switch is fun because it's got the got the classic Mario games and whatnot on there. Yeah, uh, I've been playing a lot of 2K, but I've just been kind of bored out of my mind waiting for uh, waiting for it to warm up again so I can play some golf. That's pretty much it. Yeah, dude. I hope you get a nice weekend some point that pop up in like January or February, like it usually does up there for like two or three days, and you can get out on the course both days. Uh, God willing, I bet you a tee time at the shittiest golf course is going to cost me $100, but I'll fucking pay it. They've been raking ever since COVID because more people are playing golf. They've just been raking everybody over the fucking coals. Oh, I'm sure. And the yeah, rates they know have they can do tripled. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people are going to pay it, it mm-hmm. so whatever. What can you do? But, uh, you I go, mean, man. I guess that wraps it up. We'll be back next week for some, hopefully, fingers crossed, knowing us, um, for some <laughs> NFL playoff previews and then we'll catch up on uh catch up on nba and hopefully we'll have dj lemayhu to the yankees talk we'll put it this way we'll do our best to do next week there you go and if we do it we'll kill it there you go sounds good all right guys everybody stay safe stay well and happy new year tom same to you man good talking to you thank you sir happy new year everybody